down to Texarkana for some midnight boogaloo. Hey everybody, I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. Welcome to the second episode with Mr. Riley Engelin, otherwise known as Rowdy. And listen, I'm not going to get into it. I'm just going to get right back to him because I got a whole list of questions to ask him. Rowdy, you there, buddy? There he is, the man, the legend in the house. What's up? Hey, Rowdy, you there, buddy? Yeah, I'm, so, it's 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 rough times out here right now. <laughs> so when you said you are from East Tennessee, you actually mean you live in the mountains of Tennessee, huh? Oh, that's no joke. I, I, it takes me 20, <laughs> 20, 25. I mean, it's gorgeous. Don't get it twisted. But it takes me 20, 25 minutes to get to where I'm going sometimes. I mean, and I, and that's not driving slow. That's <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Rowdy, man, I, I got to jump right into this. I mean, you've had, um, you know, songs like Hide the Bottle, Why I Hunt, Chevy in the Road, Back to the Country, Garage Boys. Where do you draw and get your inspiration from when you're writing a good song, a great song, a song from the heart, because you're one of those singer songwriters that listen, man, when you sing, I can feel every word coming out of your mouth. I feel like when you're telling that story, you're singing that song. I mean, it is just believable. Where do you get your inspiration from brother? Oh, that's an awesome question. So the, the song that you actually have for the uh, the sync of the show, oh, man, I hadn't heard that song in a long time. I love that one. It's uh, one that me and my Sadler Vaden uh, wrote together back in 2013, oh, I think it was. That one's called uh, – uh, uh, to me. That one's called uh, B- uh, Miss, Miss Boogie or something. I, I, I'm, I'm – pretty sure it's that anyways it's been a long time but (laughs) personal personal experiences um honestly like that's that's like i said at the sort of the beginning of the show it's like if it i like the visceral aspect of a personal experience and i I, you know i the 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 more comfortable and fashionable way to write a song is going to be sitting around a table coming up with clever lines and I'm one, like I said, that I have to see it, feel it, taste it, um, and, 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 you know, get my hands. Like, I have to, I have to really live it to, to put it in a song. Um, you know, the, like that song, like I said, The Sink, that's, that's learning about the highway that from New Orleans off Lewis and, and it goes through Texarkana and, and driving through Texarkana going to visit my family in Texas all the time. Like, just kn- knowing about the, te- knowing about the town, the people, like getting, getting to know the culture. That's what touring has done for me. Traveling is just, is, has been the, the greatest ex- experience and inspiration. And I do most of my songwriting when I am on the road. Um, and, and, you know, I, I sort of bring in my buddy, like I said, Aaron Gillespie, my brother, and, and my another buddy, J.J. Ravel, and here recently, uh, Tucker Will and Daniel Shifflett, and my other brother, James Westfall, he's from down in Texas. Like, all these boys are writing songs with them, playing music with them, and they sort of take the the whole democratic approach with me and, and tribute, and we, we build together, and I might – 
I might be ashing it together and fabricate on and the idea together from my own, from what I see with my eyes. But these boys are so good at translating what I'm able to see. And, and I, I think I, I, I make myself as vulnerable and transparent as possible for them to take that inspiration and, and fa them fashion it themselves into a sound that is the, the rowdy sound. Um, I love it. I really, really, uh, I, I dig on, on you know, all forms of music and all forms of songwriting, but you can really tell someone's breathing it, they're living, they're feeling it um, when, when they're, when they're writing from personal experiences. And, and I feeling too, I think it's the authenticity. People gravitate to that authenticity and, and, and relate to like actually the, the, the true rubber meets the road, the true brass of something, you know, it's, you know, are these the elements of life? Are you, are you experiencing the same things, the ebb and the flows, you know, and, and when you talk about the same thing over and over again, which music industry has a tendency to kind of follow trends, um, you know, you, you, you tend to have number one songs and they kind of all sound the same. But when you write us from personal experience in more of the folk aspect, the kind aspect of things, um, every genre, I think, has the the sort of the 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 mold, the model and the mold of songwriting. But when it truly comes from the the what's pumping through your veins and you literally are immortalizing things into words and melody, you know, people know that ink is is the blood coming out of your fingertips, you know? Riley, I know good, any good country boy has his guitar real close to him. And and it's like I just told the listeners now that, you know, I I can see it in your eyes. I can feel it in your heart when you sing. I know you got a guitar next to you, and if not, then, then, then me and you got to talk, but I know that you probably do. <laughs> do you mind – even though, you know, things are a little choppy and you're in East Tennessee, I'm in Detroit. Do you mind grabbing your guitar and, and singing us something? What, whatever you feel is on your heart to sing right now. Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah, I would absolutely love to. Um, so me and my buddies, we put together a song um, past year. Uh, it's called Diamonds. And, you know, the, the current climate that we I guess everyone's seeing in the world right now and and I'm hoping that you know everyone's able to find an escape trying to escape what's what we're, we're on to um, navigate it with perfection um, and I think navigating with perfection is is doing what we do best as human nature and choosing joy and choosing to overcome things and not just fall uh, victim to um, to things that that are out of our control that could easily create somewhat of a um, an undesirable environment, but instead choosing to always restore and and reconnect um, and to always reconcile the heart um, and and making sure that we're always looking. Uh, at things growing and, and healing and better because I think as a pe people in America, that's what we, um, and I wrote a song about that, like keeping the value, hold value of, of who and human nature is. And then, and then in the midst of stress, in the midst of the pressure, knowing that it takes pressure 
to make them to make the most precious of stones that we know as diamonds and that I see them in use. So this one, this one's called diamonds. We dig deep, keep it clean. A little wet, get it, but we don't mind the rust. And we've never been one for the finest things, yeah. No, there ain't enough gold that can hold the ring, yeah. The pressure makes diamonds from what's inside us. I see it in you. I see it in you. Pressure makes diamonds. What's inside us? I see it in you. I see it in you. Yeah. Won't go away. Like an old femoral can hold its place. Living in the moment, making time stand still. Holding every minute in the palm of your hand. Pressure makes diamonds. What's inside us? I see it in you. I see it in you. Pressure makes diamonds. What's inside us, I see it in you, I see it in you. I see it in you. I'm colder than water, and deeper. Father, we go together, makes us stronger, dig us up from the dirt. We never mind the climb. We outshine all the stars, shooting holes in the sky. Pressure makes diamonds. What's inside us? I see it in you. I see it in you. Pressure makes diamonds. What's inside us? I see it in you. 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 Wow, that is awesome. You know what? You are such, such an inspiration. Riley, I love that line, pressure makes diamonds. And I know with, with, with what I do, you know, uh, touring on different circuits with the speaking, you know, and then with NASCAR and not having anything, you know, sometimes the pressure of, of not having what you had 
is tough, but pressure makes diamonds. And I love that line. Buddy, you are such, such an inspiration. I love you. I, um, I, I noticed that you have a lot of tattoos, but I noticed one tattoo more than any other tattoo, <laughs> and that's on the back or side of your neck. And it's a wild Mustang, it looks like. Is that what that yes, is? is? And can you tell me, do you know how many tattoos you have? And do you do you have a favorite tattoo? Oh, wow. Um, my favorite tattoos are probably going to be the ones for, that I have for my babies. And that's going to be um, over here. Oh, look at that trout. That's The trout is definitely one. And that hawk that's right there, that's for my son. And then um, I don't know if you can see. Yeah, that blue one right there, you can kind of see. This looks like a yep. star with two arrows. Um, that's the Bristol sign. Um, I named my daughter Bristol. And if you've ever been down State Street of Bristol, on one side is uh, Virginia and on the other side is Tennessee. Um, but yeah, yeah, those are probably my two favorite, most special. And then, of course, this cactus right here. I'm trying to figure out there <laughs> that cactus there. Um, most of these tattoos have been done by Chip Harbin for designs. Um, he's here in Nashville. Um, but that there, that's that's off loves the desert and. Um, I've written a whole lot of songs about her <laughs> and a whole lot of songs about <laughs> me being a man that's, you know, desperate in the desert and her finding me and saving me. And, and that's, that's just the honest truth. Um, family is everything. And if it's on me, it's, it's it has to do with family. I've got everything on me represents the people I love the most. Um, I, I feel like it's it's I carry them with me no matter where I go, and it's very Americans you know believe in that like you know it's called medicine things that you hold dear to your heart that keep you in in the toughest of times, and that's what I think these tattoos are for me. They're they're. Medicine. I love man. I love that you love music. I love that you're a family man. But dude, I promoted today that me and you are going to talk a little NASCAR. So we got about 12, 13 minutes left. And me and you got to talk some NASCAR, brother. Let's you know, I've it. been to every track. I've been doing it for 23 years. I've interviewed just about every driver that's been on the circuit that is on the circuit. I love the sport. At what age did you get into NASCAR or maybe you went to your first race? I was six years old. Uh, Thunder Valley. Uh, we, my mom and I were talking about it. We went and saw the, all the funny cars and the drag cars, but they were running the. Uh, I want to say it was a, uh, a Piggly Wiggly. I think it was Piggly Wiggly. Yeah. Anyways, Earnhardt was run, running the Gene Machine, and he won that race. Um, uh, it was him, and I think him and Rusty Wallace. Rusty Wallace was in the Kodiak car, uh, but he he won that race that I was at, and we just we didn't really know much about like. The stardom of NASCAR, like we, what it is now is these are legends. You know, these are the these are the modern day cowboys. Um, but back then, it was just you know, like I said, I mash the gas, turn left, and my dad was just always like, ah, they're just turning. You know, even though he was a mechanic guy, and all of his friends all race teams and friends with legends. You know, and and at that time, normal because. It's just people who came to, uh, you know, endorsed by Napa uh, or CarQuest or Advance or, you know, AutoZone. Like people had tickets, people had, you know, box seats and they're just giving them to my dad. And we, he, sometimes he wouldn't want to go. So me and a friend would go. And you just, it was just part of the normal life. But then you, these guys are 
immortalized by this, this sport and being legends of something that's just like so not to use the word again, but visceral, something that lost something you can't you can't trade the, the real aspect of, of raw power and horsepower. And, and now my older age, I appreciate it. I'm more of a ever been, even though then it was so much fun to go to the races, boy scout selling tickets or, uh, you know, taking ticket stubs. And then you get to stay to watch the Bush race. I got to see some of Delahart juniors first races at Bristol, um, driving the AC Delco number, number three car. And, um, so yeah, I mean, it's just always been there. watching i love you bob befriend him and then alex bun in his camp and um it's been so much fun i know and we've become good buddies with bubba wallace and ryan blaney and um I, I we just we love it it's a community it's a family and we just more more than just watching the competitive side of it it's it's the culture of it that we're, we all i'm the only reason i'm not wearing one today is because i wanted to be neutral but i'd usually have a jimmy johnson <laughs> shirt on <laughs> You're not going to be neutral right now, my friend, because I am going to ask you, I'm going to put you on the spot right now. And I want to know, as you sit there right now in East Tennessee on your on your porch, who is your favorite driver? Of all time or today? Nope, nope. As a driver right now, who are you rooting for week after week after week? Jimmy Johnson, baby, 48 until he hangs it up, which I wish that quarantine would 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 not have happened. But then I'm hoping that he kind of surprises us at the end of the year and goes, all right, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> I'm always rooting for Jimmy. Oh, man, I want to see because I just like I said, I don't think we're going to see another seven time in our lifetime. I don't think, you know, and, and just seeing him have the, have the opportunity to possibly push through and, and, and make it eight and be literally the best NASCAR driver, time, you know? Um, and a lot of people would say that a lot of his fans would put him up against, uh, you know, others, uh, you know, being one of the best driver, but Jimmy underdog guy where I'd love to shake his hand. I'm so jealous of Blake Shelton him. they're good friends. Um, I'm trying to go <laughs> me and, me and Jeffrey Earnhardt got a fishing. We got a fishing date soon. We got to figure out how we're going to do that. Of course, I love Alex. He's my bub. He 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 loves the the heavy. Well, music tell Jeff scene, I said hello. I know him really well. Okay, good. Tell Jeff I said um, hello. I know him really well. Oh, I sure will. I sure will. Um, uh, so listen, I want I you to tell the story Alex. about your daughter. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I want you to tell the story about your daughter, Bristol, and I want you to tell everybody who her favorite driver is. <laughs> so every Sunday, in and out, and, and I respect everyone in NASCAR, but she knows that she knows that daddy kind of, you know, drivers who, who are a bit more dramatic and, and, and full of stunt when it comes to races. <laughs> And she's always pushing for the candy man. She's like, Daddy, there's my favorite car. And it's it's because it's candy. But she knows, she knows Kyle Bush and she knows whose car the 18 car, especially lately with the 
with the with the M and M's car being that the the the, the fudge M and M's, you know, um, it being lavender yeah. or or being purple, it's favorite color. So she's <laughs> she's not one to stray away from making sure I know that Kyle Busch is in the lead or he's dead of Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> Well, listen, with, I literally have about five, six minutes left, and I, I, want, I got two more questions I have to ask you. Please tell the uh, quick story about Humpy uh, Wheeler and about when you were growing up and Humpy was, was around there. So, I mean, he, he was the main guy down at Charlotte Motor Speedway. He was sort of over uh, promotions and, and making sure that the drivers had everything they needed. Um, and branding and promotion. But my dad um, just ran with a bunch of boys and mechanics, uh, you know, and he they, he would come to town, like, for some of the, you know, and, of course, uh, with his son running operations now with speed. Um, Humpy, always, he's just a lovely guy, like, started and loving. Um, my dad, of course, with everybody else, would joke around with him. But anyways, the Bristol race is notorious for getting rained out, like, in April, the, or the early spring race. Yep. Uh, you know, years prior, and you know, the all these fans would come to town. So the the place can only fit a hundred and some thousand people, but there'd be three hundred thousand people just you know, barricade, like basically berating <laughs> Bristol, and you know, out there tailgating, and and there'd be bluegrass concerts. I mean, everything. There's traffic. They let us out of school because traffic was so bad. But anyways. My dad was just so fed up with it. He's like, I can't even get to the parts store to go get an for this car. And they're like, Humpy, you're going to do something about this rain. And, and, and all the guys just kept, you know, burning about it. He's like, what are you going, what are you going to do? Humpy? And, and one day my dad just, just was like, Humpy, I'm going to kneel down there and see if they can make a tarp big enough. And you're going to put it over a speedway. Get Humpy, to, get Humpy, get a tarp. Go take it and put it over Bristol on speedway. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Hey, and, and, and. Rowdy, I, I have to ask you this question, and I'm going to get serious for a minute because um, I want to end it with this question, and, and that is, what has been your biggest accomplishment so far in your life? And I'm not talking about your family. And, and also, what do you still want to accomplish? Oh like three minutes to do this let me put so I mean, you said not you said you weren't pertaining to family but my greatest accomplishment is going to be my children always number one but and i knew pertaining and i knew to, you were going to say that yeah yeah um <laughs> pertaining to my career i think my biggest accomplishment honestly is fashioning the most meaningful things and i'm going to get emotional stuff. Fashioning the most meaningful things that are inside here and here and putting them into words to express to other people. And then people hear them like yourself and all my wonderful, beautiful friends and family out there. Hearing those words and it doing something, it stirring something, it making something to change for the better, to encourage you to make that decision that you've had the hardest time making or just making you feel adequate or equal. Like that's my greatest accomplishment, and and I, I owe that to my parents and and God. I owe it. I owe that to all my friends who've taken me and allowed me to express myself 
100% authentically, and then even though they have to grab the reins and bridle me a little bit and say, okay, that's good now, let's jar that up, you know, let's let's put that, let's answer that, and I think that's the greatest, and then what I have to, to do yet, what I want, do I have yet to accomplish, taking that jar to the world, and everyone hearing the heart of the shepherd. I just, I want to lead people. I want people to, to love each other. I want people to understand each other. I want to unify people. That's it. I want to unify people. Riley, you are an inspiration and, and I, my whole theme is living the outstanding life. And you know, you are that person, that man, that father, that husband, that child of God, that is totally living the outstanding life. And you are an inspiration to me. And I can't tell you, I, I'll call you after the show to let you know what I came up with during the show because you inspired me to do it. I'm going to do it. I can't thank you enough for hanging out with me this last hour, and I can't wait the next time you're on the show. So thank you again. Thank you, brother. I love you. I love you too. Hey, everybody, this is Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. If you've missed any of my shows, you can get them at nrmstreamcast.com. Search Motivational Cowboy, and you can stream for hours. Again, we'll see you next time right here, nrmstreamcast.com. I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy, telling you, be safe, have fun, and have yourselves an outstanding day. Here comes a long-legged blue-eyed angel, says she wants to dance with me. I swear.